Welcome to Club Management. I'm your host, DJ Shannon. And on this show, we talk to artists, DJs, and industry professionals on how they're changing their community through music. You can listen to the show on any platform like SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Just type Club Management. And this is episode 71. Welcome back to another episode of Club Management. Big shout out to everyone that listened to the last episode with Jamie Silk. We had a good amount of downloads on that episode. And actually, um, I've been keeping track of the stats lately. I normally don't because, you know, sometimes it throws me off. Um, But we had so many downloads for uh, Jamie Silk, the music business series. You guys are loving the chat with Jada Lorraine. Uh, That's one of my favorite episodes as well. And it looks like you're really loving the mental health episode. So this is really giving me a lot of great feedback. Um, And I'm going to definitely do more curated shows or, you know, themed episodes in the future. Full transparency. um, It was just so wonderful to see because I had a week in January when I had that downtime. I was trying to get so many guests for the show and there was a period where no one was answering my emails. Like, you know, should I keep doing this? Like no one's answering. I'm not going to have any shows for this year. Um, and I started to really question myself. I said, well, why am I doing this show? Do people enjoy it? You know, what am I doing? What does this serve for me in particular? Um, but I had to snap out of that real quick. And this was just a reminder that, Um, you know, sometimes you're going to definitely have those moments where you're lacking, lagging rather, you don't feel like you're making any progress, but you really are. Um, and you know, sometimes you don't have people answer your emails, but people are also busy with their own lives, right? Like we're in festival season right now. So I'm sure it's quite hard for some artists to commit to doing a podcast when they've got sets to prepare, they're traveling for shows. So, you know, I always try to keep those things in mind when I'm reaching out to people, um, that it's not necessarily about the show being bad or anything. It's just life. People are bogged down with so much at the moment. Um, and it is no reflection of what you're doing, right? Like, and I've had so much support over this last year. So, you know, to get back into one of those modes where I'm like, what am I doing? Is this, is this good? Do people like it? Um, was a reminder, you know, that like, I'm still on my journey of self-confidence. I'm still on my journey of, you know, finding, um, myself, And you're going to have those moments where you think what you're doing is not cool. (laughs) But there are tons of people out here who think what I'm doing is cool. And in fact, I've had a lot of support over this last year for the podcast. So that was a great reminder. And thank you all for clicking, sharing, tuning in every other week. Well, without further ado, let's get into the next episode for this month. For this show, I've tapped the incredible Dev Moore for a chat. He's the co-creative director of Felt Zine, an art collective and online community that's been producing some of the best IRL art parties and exhibitions around the world. Dev and his team founded the collective in two 2011 as an independent fashion magazine but soon the collective transitioned into a thriving community filled with digital art makers music lovers and everything in between i attended my first felt zine party in 2021 for their villains exhibition and i was so blown away by all of the nft art sprawled upon the walls of the gallery and towards the back of the venue 
insane DJs were banging down the sound system. Little did I know, I'd get to play at a felt scene party a year later, and the show was bonkers to say the least. Dev and his team recently flew to Tokyo for a felt scene party and exhibition, and there's so much in store for the gang this year. I spoke to Dev about his journey in the tech space, the power of NFTs, AI's impact on the digital art space at the moment, and what he's got cooking for felt scene this year. Thank you so much for just taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you literally oh, just came sure. back from Japan and you've been on the go since 2023 started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. And like, you know, I listen to your podcast a ton and big fan of it. So, you know, super honored to be able to be in that, that alumni of people for sure. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, I want to thank you because when I came to your, to one of my first felt zine parties, and I think that was in 2020, it seems like decades ago now. <laughs> uh, but I was just so enamored by the way that you and the team were fostering community at this time where things just felt so bleak for everyone. Um, you know, for me, that was one of my first times outside around people after, you know, things started to kind of return to some form of normalcy. Um, and I remember stepping into the villain showcase. I forget what venue that was at. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's actually a closed gallery now. Um, oh. I forgot too, I'm gonna be real with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was near Maria Hernandez. Uh, park at this one gallery, but apparently they got closed because of, uh, I don't know, like a, a liquor license issue or something like that. But yeah, prayers up for that venue, but it was a, it was an awesome one for sure. <laughs> like I really loved that space. I was mad it closed. <laughs> yeah, right? Like I remember yeah. stepping, in, stepping into the venue, like being in awe of all of the amazing artwork on the wall. And then obviously you have that back room where people are just going nuts to like dubstep. Jersey Club, house music. It was just so <laughs> cool. Um, so thank you for just putting the community first and always supporting people like myself who are just kind of trying to contribute somehow, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm always like a huge fan of people that, you know, authentically document culture in like a really, you know, unique and cool way. And I think you do that uh, very well. And um, yeah, like I think like one of my first like, real sort of um instances of of seeing and like knowing your work was actually when you went to that villain show i uh was like checking out some like recap footage and i was like oh now look at that person they're like they're having so much fun like i need to have the, i need to have our recap have this clip in it and then uh my partner was like oh like you should check that person out like they have some really dope like djing and like they have their own like music and da, da, da. and it, I was like okay let me check it out and uh yeah that's how I got to like you know find out about you and everything so yeah really cool I I don't think I've checked out your music but I've checked out like everything else oh thank you see that's why I love stuff like this <laughs> you know <laughs> you get to learn about people make friends um and I really appreciated that I mean, before we jump into all the amazing work that you do with Felt Zine, I'm just interested to learn about you as a person. Um, where are you from? Like, what's your story? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, I am from, you know, like my actual real name is Devin Moore. I feel like people don't even call me Devin anymore. Um, <laughs> they just kind of call me Dev because it's kind of like, I don't know, adjacent to like tech and, you know, development, web development, all that stuff that, you know, I kind of dabble in. But um, yeah, I was actually born in um, Greensboro, North Carolina. So, um, yeah, I grew up in the, the South, I would say. And uh, yeah, like I lived there until I was about 10 years old. And then I moved to the DMV or the um, you know, Washington DC uh, metropolitan area. So um, yeah, I lived in uh, you know, Maryland and PG County for the, uh, you know, up until I was about 24, 25, I would say. Wow. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, um, you know, most of my upbringing, I would say would be, you know, the DMV. It's, it's kind of hard to pick which one when people ask, like, where are you from? I'm like, ah, like, I'm from both, really, because, you know, yeah. I have that, yeah, upbringing in the, in the South. And then I moved to, you know, Maryland and DC, where, you know, it's a, it's a little bit, it's, it's still considered slightly the South, but just like a different culture and everything. And both have had a big impact on me. And then, um, yeah, and then I went to uh, school. I went to um, college at uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and um, that's in Baltimore. So I had a lot of exposure to, you know, like Be More Club and a lot of like techno and house. That was kind of like when I first really got into it, being in Baltimore. And then, yeah, um, you know, a few years ago, I think about 20. 18, 19, that's when I moved to uh, New York City. So, yeah. Ooh. Um, Prior to Felt, had you always had a tech background? Oh, so um, I would say like in college, uh, you know, I started off just being like a huge music fan. So I was always like, I would say I'm like, even today, like, you know, almost like music culture first. Mm. And um, yeah, and then like, I would say you know, I kind of during, you know, my college years got into the idea of like human computer interaction because, you know, I, I, I like the idea of coding, but I really don't like coding and I don't like <laughs> uh, having to program anything or code anything really. But mm -hmm. I, I love the, you know, relationship between technology, computers and the humans that, you know, are using them. So you know, I'm always interested in things that are like kind of like the intersection between, you know, like that, like that meme, the intersection of art and technology and everything. Um, but yeah, like, um, you know, I would, I have like a very like casual, um, you know, level of like programming skills, but, you know, I like to dabble in just like a ton of different mediums. And that's kind of like how I like to work as well. Um, and it's also very helpful, like, um, you know, when I'm collaborating with people too, because, um, you know, I'm not necessarily like a master at, any, at anything, but I have like, you know, a lot of experience in a lot of things. So, mm, yeah. yeah, it's funny that you mentioned um, kind of not necessarily liking coding too much. I, <laughs> I took a coding class. I want to say this was like maybe the tail end of 2019. And it, it was enjoyable. Like I liked the idea of being able to like, program languages between different computers um, and mm -hmm. like designing different concepts, you know, on websites and whatnot. But for me, it was like, honestly, learning a second language. I couldn't get past 
some of the, you know, functions that I had mm -hmm. to memorize in the class. So <laughs> I like <laughs> dropped out midway through, but I do appreciate uh, the theory and obviously the, the practicality behind it. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we see coding, we see all of this kind of playing out with this NFT craze that's going on at the moment. Um, we see it happening now or in the crypto world too. I mean, there's so much going on technology-wise. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Um, Same. <laughs> you know, but with Felt Zine in particular, um, what is the ethos behind uh, Felt Zine and what is the goal or what is the the ethos that you really uh, try to share with people when you're talking about what you do with the magazine? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I would kind of start, you know, kind of in college as well, where, um, you know, I was working um, for a lot of different hip hop blogs. And, you know, I kind of approached, you know, my love for art and music through writing. So, you know, I was like obsessed with like figuring out the best way to document, communicate, and like creatively talk about new emerging artists. That was like my favorite thing to do. And, um, you know, I worked for this one blog, <laughs> I won't say their name, but I don't even think they're in business anymore. <laughs> and um, apparently like they wanted to shift what they were doing from, you know, focusing on emerging artists to uh, being more ad-based. So they wanted to like, you know, cover artists that were gonna make them ad money. So. Um, at the time, they were like, oh, Devin, like, no more of these, like, up-and-coming, you know, DMV artists. We need you to push uh, Willow Smith. Like, she just dropped with my hair. Like, let's go. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, like I mean, I, Willow Smith is awesome now. But at the time, I was just like, yo, this is, like, not what I want to do. This is not what I'm here to do. But, like, I, I'm not here to, like, push, you know, ads. Like, I don't want to be working for an ad agency. So, you know, yeah. So like a few weeks later, um, dude just like, you know, fired me, pretty much sent me an email. just like, oh, like we're, you know, we're going part ways. And I was like, wow, that sucks. So, um, you know, apparently uh, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody, but like word had like sort of just got around. And, um, you know, my cousin actually uh, told one of my friends and um, I'm sorry, uh, one of my like to be friends. And uh, apparent, and then one night I just got like a call from my cousin. He was like, "Hey, Dad, like, yo, I heard about what happened to you, and you know, I just think that that stuff is like hilarious." But like, my friend wants to talk to you, and they were all just like, uh, "It was, I think it was uh, my cousin, uh, my friend Mark, and my friend uh, John. It might have been a few other people in the in the room. I, it was, yeah, I was on, I was in Maryland. They were in North Carolina, mm -hmm. and." Uh, they called me kind of drunk and they were just like, yo, like we heard about what happened. Ah, oh, man, that sucks. But like, yo, like, are you interested in like collaborating with us? Like we're thinking about starting something. Uh, you know, we're working on this thing that we're probably going to call it like felt zine. And mm -hmm. it's going to be like about just like, you know, counterculture and, and creating an ecosystem where, you know, artists feel heard and represented and not, you know, we're not going to be focused on like, you know things that be at these companies that are like firing you and stuff and I was like okay that sounds amazing <laughs> and um <laughs> the one reason I, I like said yes off the jump was because um as I was on the call 
uh, I just like Googled, you know, who I was talking to. I was like, who is this guy, Mark? And uh, I like, you know, looked up his like Facebook and everything. And it was him and my friend John and a bunch of people in like a room with with like 100 computers from like the 80s and 90s, just like broken old computers just laying around everywhere. And then they were just like chilling in the room. And I, I thought it was so interesting. Like, I was like, what in the world? Like, what are these people doing right now? They're, they're just like in this photo, all these computers are just laying around. It just looks so artistic. And I was just like, whatever they're doing, like, let me be a part of it. I want to be in. And, um, and yeah, from that moment on, um, you know, like, uh, you know, we were just like, me and Mark would just like talk every day and John too. And we would just, uh, you know, explore how to, communicate how to create internet art and do it in a way where it's internet first and it's very um you know independent and not necessarily like something where we would have to go to like a gallery or we would have to, you know to wait on some museum or institution to like you know validate us instead you know what we were doing is that we were essentially validating ourselves and then you know creating an entire uh, you know community but also like an ecosystem around it so that we wouldn't ever have to really like ask anyone you know else to to you know ever again to like you know respect the type of culture that that we love and and um and yeah that's pretty much what you know Felzine is in like a very like I don't know like a conceptual um manner it's kind of like a ecosystem that's based on counterculturals um, ethics and aesthetics, but also, um, you know, a mix of things that we love as well. So internet art, culture, net art, hip hop, and and essentially, you know, exploring the relationships between, you know, the digital and the physical and um, yeah, and just like different components of technology as well. So we're always interested in like the latest uh, sort of advances in, in technology and how they affect, um, you know, art and how people make art as well. So, you mm. know, we're always interested in being as experimental as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see it with everything you guys are currently doing. I know uh, the curated NFT art shop was awesome. I got a chance to kind of browse around that. Um, and then you guys just recently landed a partnership with Givenchy, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, our felt uh, NFT art shop is uh, essentially like an extension to our blog website. But what it essentially is, is that um, it's kind of like an evolution of the typical, you know, NFT marketplace that people usually see. So um, for someone that doesn't like read about or, you know, care about like NFTs or whatever, um, you know, like an NFT marketplace is just a place where, um, you know, a, a casual average person will go to the site and they're able to see, you know, like every art collection that is on, you know, a blockchain out there. And, and then, you know, there's all types of stuff. There's like contemporary art, there's collectibles, there's, you know, like Tom Brady NFTs or you know, <laughs> NFTs from like a, a, a up and coming art. It, it's just like everything. But, you know, the future isn't, oh, like I'm going to put my art on the, you know, Amazon of NFT marketplaces or the eBay of Amazon marketplaces where, you know, just everything is, is on there. But the future is very much like uh, creating a, a front end to your website where 
it's just your art and it's just, you know, um, you know, the things you care about too. So, you know, it could be your art and you're curating it so that your art is next to your friend's art and stuff like that. And then, you know, when people go to your website, they aren't um, sort of like distracted by all these other things. It's a, it's a pure focus. And um, yeah. And so our site, what it does is that it's an aggregator. So it can basically find out where all of our art pieces are in the world on the blockchain. And then you can trade and swap and buy, sell directly on our site without having to go to any other marketplace. So that's kind of like, yeah, so that's kind of like very beneficial because um, what that essentially does is that it creates a, an instance where, you know, people don't have to look at all these other like crazy pieces of of art that are like you know a bunch of like monkeys or yeah. or like apes and stuff like that instead you can just like go to your favorite artist's uh you know site and then the focus is that artist so yeah yeah and i would imagine that's awesome for people that are you know baked into the community because now they never have to leave feltzine right they can just purchase directly from the site and you know mm -hmm. continue kind of like um, sharing ideas within that ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, to answer the second part, um, you know, what it also allows us to do is that, um, you know, as we continue to just, you know, release new works of art and collaborate with new people, we get to be extremely collaborative, you know, with our site too. So, you know, every drop that we do is usually, uh, you know, a collaboration with another artist, or sometimes it's multiple artists, you know, working on one particular, you know, collection of work. And, um, you know, our Givenchy uh, collab, which was a, you know, Feldzine Givenchy collab yeah. um, alongside the streetwear uh, brand Bistroy um, was essentially that where, um, you know, Mark, who uh, founded um, Feldzine, essentially uh, created sort of a experimental fashion NFT collage. So there were, you know, five artists that five or six artists that were working on one piece and Mark used, uh, you know, like Python programming to essentially create like a collage that utilized um, Givenchy's clothes in 3D and also like different artists and their styles put into one artwork. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like a mouthful. But um, yeah, if you just go to, you just go to like feltzine.art you can like explore and see what that looks like, um, you know, and you can even um, try to get an offer on it too. That one was a little bit different because um, people would have to buy uh, Javanchi's clothes and then they would receive a free, um, you know, NFT from our collection um, as a sort of like accompanying gift, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's still pretty cool. I really love that. Um, I want to back up a little bit because you mentioned um, these board eight NFTs and, you know, without going too much into the controversy, <laughs> you know, that was a big issue uh, or it has been a big issue over these last couple of months with the board eight guys and just some NFTs in general where, you know, people say whoever is creating it may be doing some nefarious things behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um when it comes to kind of protecting everybody within your community, how are you vetting certain projects to make sure that none of that controversy spills into what you guys are doing in the ecosystem? Yeah, for sure. So 
I would say that we're a little bit different in the fact that, you know, we have our own website. So, you know, when we're like, for instance, dropping a new collection, um, you know, we've had instances where people have tried to basically download our entire project and then drop it at the same time, like right after it releases to trick our community. But the way the ways that we've easily, you know, fixed that is that what we do is that, you know, we have our official site. So everything um, in terms of like new drops, everything in terms of, uh, you know, the secondary market or just exploring, you know, what what collections are officially, you know, ones that we've created is, you know, directly done through our site. So that's great because, you know, you don't have to rely on um, anyone else, but essentially, you know, what we have, you know, facilitated with our website. And then the second part is that, um, you know, it's an NFT. So once you get it, you know, you own it. There's nothing really, you know, it's not going to be like stolen from you unless like you're, you know, out there doing your own thing with whatever security you have with your your wallet and stuff. But um, to make that simple, uh, yeah, like, you know, we have our own website. So it's great because we don't have to tell people to go to some other company or other organization to get our stuff instead you can just go directly to us and um you know we make sure that you know all of our you know messaging and the ways that we talk about um you know new drops and releases um are just done in a, a very verified way so mm -hmm. our all of our communications come from basically you know one or two channels our, our twitter our instagram and, you know, we keep it at that because we don't really want, like, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> the way the people handle, like, the way they release things in very, you know, crazy ways. But we keep yeah. it really simple and straightforward so that people can easely, you know, understand and get, get to, you know, get to the art and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I mean, I know there's, like, you know, obviously there's always going to be the good with the bad, but I'm really excited about the future of NFTs and crypto in general, uh, particularly not only for artists, but also for musicians as well. Um, mm -hmm. I see a lot of artists doing incredible things in the space to foster mm -hmm. more community uh, with their fans. I know on a previous episode, um, I was talking to uh, someone, I forget who I was talking to, about Unique and how she's mm. offering like an NFT baseball card of herself. And when mm. you purchase that, you get tickets to her shows, unlimited music. I mean, mm. I just think that's so cool. Um, and I think Kush Jones mentioned that he teamed up with you to do something. Uh, yeah, yeah. You or something, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, those are literally probably two of my favorite artists for sure, uh, Kush Jones and Unique. And um, yeah, I, I worked with uh, Kush Jones in 20, 2021, where <laughs> it was actually like a, a really random story where uh, yeah, I was working on this one one-on-one uh, -on -one art piece where I was just trying to figure out how to like create um, like machine learning audio visuals on top of me DJing. Very simple like idea. And, uh, you know, I collaborated with my friend Matthew and we figured out how to do it. And uh, I wanted to basically use this song that I really like. Um, and it was it was by Kush Jones. It was like a really awesome track um, he did with this record label. And um, yeah, and so I just basically, you know, messaged him on Twitter and I was just like, hey, man, like, this is kind of random, but 
uh, you know, there's this thing called like a, a NFT, and I'm, I'm I want to make this piece, and I want to do I want to make this uh, audio visual piece using your song. Are you cool with that? Like, do you want to like you know split whatever you know like sales we might get from it? Um, it's it's done by contract, so you know once your like contract is in the you know like auction and everything just automatically happens. I don't have to do it. And then, you know, I don't think he knew, I, I think he was very aware of what like NFTs were, but um, this was like a very new thing where it was kind of like auction style drops and stuff where, you know, there would be a, a artwork and uh, people, someone would put a bid on it and then you have 24 hours to outbid that person or whatever. But yeah, so he hit me up and he was just like, yo man, like, um, sure, let's do it. And then uh you know i showed him the final product he thought it was cool and then we dropped it and then i think it sold for maybe like 800 or a thousand dollars or something like that oh, and yeah. um yeah it was it was pretty cool and i was just like okay and then you know i'm i, I think he thought it was mad cool too and um and yeah that's kind of like that's kind of how it just randomly happened and um you know so ever since you know i've, I've always appreciated him for uh, you know, letting us do that, that really cool, simple collab. And um, yeah, as, as time went on, you know, I, I focused more on like um, creating NFTs and music videos that were kind of like blending them together. So like dropping music videos as just NFTs, not even putting them on YouTube and stuff. Wow. And um, yeah, and I really like sort of like doing that because I didn't have to worry about, you know, view counts or or all of these other metrics and stuff. Instead, I just like dropped this artwork and, um, you know, it, and then people treat it as almost like a, you know, an art piece in a museum. And, uh, you know, I did that for a while and I really liked that, that sort of feel for, you know, sort of like slightly using music and, and applying it to like web three and everything. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then eventually I shifted more into like um, something called like generative art. And that's like very much like, uh, you know, you might see like a collection of artworks that look very similar, but they have like, you know, different traits, like some are blue, some are red, etc. So mm -hmm. um, I really love, like to use that medium a lot because um, what it does is that it creates this um, scenario where, you know, people can collect um, this not the same artwork, but similar artwork. And it creates a community around a certain collection. So, you know, mm. I'm a big fan of like, you know, what they call like generative art now. And um, yeah, and during that time though, uh, you know, I would just kind of like, you know, put this stuff on Twitter and everything and, and Unique who's like, you know, super legend, awesome, amazing, you know, singer, songwriter, producer, vocalist, uh, everything <laughs> um, music music video director all of that she yeah. had um yeah she had reached out and and asked to um, you know see if we could collab on like a, a nft so you know i did like a portrait of her that she released at um i think like right before art basil um on a certain platform and that was really fun too i'm i'm actually hoping to like figure out this cool way to make like generative music and then possibly you know reach back out to her and see if she's interested in that too so yeah that's so cool um yeah. I just think that there's there's so many ways that you could package these nfts I mean what would really mm -hmm. stop an artist right now from like releasing 
a full length NFT album, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm pretty sure there have been you know a bunch of people that have done that. Um, but yeah, I guess it just depends on what your sort of like um your goal is. Some people like to release their their work as NFTs because you know it has security benefits where you know like you don't have to worry about Spotify or Apple Music deleting your music 10 years later because it has like a sample you know instead it's forever there on on you know the blockchain if you use like you know a very strong secure blockchain like you know Ethereum or whatever um so that's like one reason like documentation people people can use NFTs as a way to uh create you know a long lasting um, you know, security around their work, not having to worry about it being deleted, you know, and it's public as well. So, you know, you have this like immutable ledger of your work, which is great. And um, yeah, and then the second way, I'm, I'm sorry, the second reason that people kind of like release their like work or their music as NFTs is, um, you know, it. you don't have to worry about, you can kind of redefine what, successes i guess like you don't have to worry about once again like uh song count or views on a video you can just focus on you know your fans that want to support your work and then you know doing it that way um but yeah like the i think for me and what i've seen with like music nfts is that you know at least for me i i'm really not interested in like uh seeing an artist drop a song and then a hundred people getting the same song like it doesn't make sense to me because I'm just like like okay (laughs) only one person needed to get this song and then you know and then they could have shared it with everybody so it just doesn't it doesn't feel like real to me but I kind of like the idea of generative music a lot where um you know let's say there's a producer like let's say you for instance like you're creating you know a bunch of different drum tracks a bunch of different vocal acapellas you know some like bass uh you know some bass or sense blah 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 and then you have like an engine that's like matching them together in unique ways i think that would be cool because then you know someone could go to a website and then get like their own unique song from you that no one else has ever like heard or or uh you know like collected before i think that's cool like the more the more unique uh the things that people are receiving in like web3 i think uh the better because if everybody's just getting the same thing then you might as well just you know put it on youtube and then just yeah just leave it at that but i don't know that's just my take i guess it it gets it's there's so many ways to do everything in in web3 so there's no like right or wrong but it's very much like an exploratory thing like figuring out what what works for you so yeah yeah, definitely. The future is bright. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about the felt zine parties a little bit more because they have just been absolutely awesome. And thank, thank you. you so much for the invite last year um, at Jupiter Disco with DJ Tay. It was Cairo, Witchcraft. Yeah. Who else was there? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it was uh, DJ uh, Tay or Tay. Um, it was uh, it was. Uh, you <laughs> it <Yeah>. was also <laughs> um kyra with b2b with witchcraft uh mm. next dimensional yes. and there was also um i'm missing somebody um i think it was 
Simulacra and one other person, but it was fun. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was um, There was like a whole line around the uh, block, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's hard to get venues in New York. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but but Jupiter Disco is probably, you know, one of my favorite venues. And they really uh, have like a big... Uh, sort of knack for understanding web3 their owner is even like a, a developer in web3 as well so he you know he gets it and uh so I, I really appreciate them for always giving us space to you know do what we do but yeah like um you know like our, our i guess i usually call them like our, our 3d art parties or internet mm -hmm. art parties um they're sort of like a combination of you know, different technologies and, and how we like express that, you know, um, how we express our art through those technologies. So it's usually, you know, like digital art projections. Um, sometimes it's virtual reality elements in the party where people can walk around and check out like a, an experience while they're, you know, surrounded by club sonics and, and you know, our favorite music, whether it's, you know, a Jersey club artist or um, you know, like techno or or house music or hip hop, and um, and sometimes it's you know AR too. Sometimes people are walking around and scanning um, posters in, at our show, and they're able to like unlock new art or new NFT, NFT drops, secret NFT drops, etc. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we we basically just like combine all of those things and create you know very unique instances to experience digital art and like in the physical and we started doing this in I would say like 2017 and it, it was a uh, it was like really fun and cool at the time because no one was really doing it and we would just have the craziest shows we like I remember our lineups would just have like crazy amounts of like amazing artists like we would have Asmero and LSD XOXO and uh, uh, Cakes the Killer and uh, gosh, I can't even remember who else. Um, you guys did a show. Design. Did you do one with uh, Venus X last year, I believe? Or yeah, yeah. So um, in twenty twenty one at Art Basel, um, yeah, we had a really awesome yeah art party, and um, it was like the first time we ever. Well, I had had ever went to Art Basel and. Um, you know, we wanted to do something that was like outside of like that institutional art space. And we wanted to like create almost like a, a semi rave at Art Basel. So, um, you know, we rented out a warehouse and we, you know, made some fresh new art and we created this like really cool like warehouse digital art experience. And we invited um, Venus X, uh, Unique, um, Next Dimensional. Um, and then some Miami artists too. So we had triangles and coffin text and, uh, you know, and I might be missing one other person uh, once again, but <laughs> so many people, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that party was really awesome because it was just like the first time that, um, you know, we got to go to, um, you know, like our bezel and then we got to do it in a way where, you know, we weren't relying on the, the industry to you know give us like an opportunity instead we just made the opportunity ourselves and um yeah it was great there were I think there were like 600 700 it was a lot of people that came to the show and um yeah and it was just a it was a really great time it, it also gave us um a lot of uh I guess you would say like 
exposure to to people that usually would kind of like overlook us, I guess. And um, yeah, it kind of put us on like a, a different map for some people where, you know, people kind of saw like, oh, wow. So this is how you can be independent in, you know, the inter internet art space or internet art culture and sustain yourself and create art with a community and and actually, you know, continue to, you know, feed and cultivate and nurture that community too. Um, so yeah, like uh that was a great show. And I think uh I don't I don't think I have like a favorite show because we've done so many. We've done them in like New York, LA, Berlin. We recently did one in Japan, yeah. Yeah, and we did one in Japan. Um, but yeah, like that's kind of like our whole thing where we just kind of, you know, go online, look to see where we might have like a, a inkling of people that follow us in a certain region. And then we try to connect with the artists that, you know, actually follow us and like us and make art themselves and create shows where, you know, there's like a, a version of felt zine in Japan and Tokyo. Um, there's a version of it in LA where, you know, there might be more like analog artists that are using like old TVs to make, to make art. So we'll, we'll do like some crazy stuff, like make a pyramid of old TVs and, and create like, um, you know, art that's like premiering through those, those old nostalgic nineties TVs and stuff like that. And um, yeah. And then in New York, you know, we'll do, uh, you know, a lot of like secret art parties where, you know, there's a secret address and there's posters throughout the city or posters at the show and, uh, people can scan them and explore new art that isn't necessarily like announced online and you know so we we try to do something different for every you know city that we'll that we'll activate in I would say but it's it's been a core you know part of what we do where we want to make sure that people understand that you know like internet art culture doesn't have to just purely exist online it can it can be in the real world too. Oh yeah, I always get excited when I have to DM, uh, DM you guys for the address for the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think one day I just like got tired of leaving the link in the bio because you know, like sometimes you have people that will want to go to like a show, but they they don't really want to. I don't know how to explain it, but sometimes there's people that like we'll go to a show and they're not excited about it. So I'm just like, you know what? Like I'm, I, I'm gonna have to, I just want everybody to just ask for the link. It's, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I just love the fact that like, you know, our biggest fans are like super excited to just like hit us up and be like, yo, I want to go. Like, I want to be part of this. And then we send it to them and you know, it's, it's never like some expensive show or anything. It's always like accessible price. And um, you know, and we try to make sure that like, um, you know, even during the shows in terms of like, you know, who we're collaborating with and um, or even if it's like the music artist, too, we also make sure that it's like, you know, representative of just like that community as well. So we make sure that like, you know, all of our collaborators and and uh, whether it's you know through art or music, it's also um, diverse and reflective of like, you know, the values and principles that we believe in, too. So, yeah. Oh, I absolutely love it. Um, I want I want to switch gears here a little bit and talk about this stunning AI art that I've seen you published over the last couple of uh, weeks. Um, yeah. I'm blown away by the black cyberpunk figures that you've been creating, and this <laughs> cool. is all done with AI generated images. Like how? How do you make them? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think uh like my first exposure to AI was um my uh well it was actually like Mark, um, my friend in Felzine, and you know, he's the founder. I'm I guess I would call myself like creative director, but um he was uh dabbling with AI for this one project called the Gardens of Felzine Delight. It's kind of like a 3D uh critique of religious art and the absurdity of it. Sometimes like religious art can be like very absurd. So the project was kind of like a, a critique of that. And um, yeah, if you check it out on our site, it's cool because um, the characters in each of the pieces, it's like a collection of like 700 artworks. Um, the, the 3D characters are actually, um, you know, like done in Cinema 4D. They're actually like, I guess you would say like handmade, I guess, even though it's also in a computer. <laughs> But um, the backgrounds are actually artificially generated. So, um, you know, Mark uses like his own version of making AI where he's using um, Google Collab and a few other tools to essentially make these very like beautiful um, ethereal backgrounds where there's like mountains and, you know, like cherry blossoms and, you know, oceans and everything. So it looks great because, um, you know, once the once the project was kind of like compiled together, you have like this beautiful project that has maybe like three or four different styles of digital art. You have, you know, like cinema 4D, 3D objects. Then you have artificially generated, you know, digital backgrounds. And then you have, you know, like Photoshop oriented icons in the corners of the project and stuff. So it was just like a real like bomb A plus project. And I was just like, whoa, like what the heck is our AI? Like what the fuck, like what is AI art? And um, yeah, like I, you know, I, I, I could not use Google Collab, which is like one way that people make AI art. You have to like set it up in your Google Drive and press a bunch of buttons. I wasn't really into it, but I started to explore other ways to create AI art. So I started looking at, uh, pre-existing models that that help you create art and then um, you know combining that with uh, interfaces like you know regular websites that help you kind of like simplify it so you can actually like use it without having to have this crazy background knowledge of how to use it so I started using Dolly I started using Stable Diffusion started using Mid Journey I also started using Replicate which are all different AI models and also, uh, you know, like websites where you can kind of like start to, you know, create your own. And uh, yeah, and like, I just studied it a lot. I started to realize that, you know, kind of making AI art is, is not like you just like type in a word and something pops out, but it's a very like meticulous process where you have to like study and figure out, you know, what style you want you have to understand like how, you know, I guess like, I'm just going to use computer to make it simple, but how like an AI model or a computer responds to what you're typing and then using that as like a way to create art. So it's like a, it's almost like a, a, com a conversation, like, uh, you know, like a, a human computer interaction. So, um, so yeah, like, you know, I started understanding like, oh snap, like, I can uh, like research certain like styles. Like for instance, I really like looking up um, different cameras. So like different Kodak cameras, Sony cameras, cameras from the nineties, cameras from the eighties, 
And I'll actually like go in and look at those particular settings that the camera might have. And then I'll actually like include that in my AI prompts, which are like the, the words that I'm using to create uh, AI art. And that is actually like a really cool way of creating like, um, you know, like photorealistic um, images because it's actually, you know, learning how actual cameras are like working. Um, it, it's like studying different images, billions of images based on like, you know, a camera and a camera style. And then it's helping to kind of like reproduce that. And then from there, you know, you can subvert it. So you can like figure out like, okay, I have this style that I've created using, you know, a combination of this and this, this and this. And then, uh, yeah, just going from there. But yeah, I just kind of like, as I was doing that, you know, I was really, I'm always like interested in just, you know, like cyberpunk and just like, um, just anime culture and also just like, figuring out like where there's um, sort of like a gap or sort of like a missing element in things. And, um, you know, I, I just like really wanted to kind of create very like unusual art pieces that, that have like an inkling of, well, like kind of like unusual art pieces that are like very, very realistic, but still like unrealistic at the same time. So I, I really enjoyed sort of like making art pieces that, might have like it might look like perfect like an actual photo but there's still you know 10 or 20 fingers on the, on the character or something like that or you know like a, a another particular photo that might be you know really beautiful it looks like a person actually took it but you know the background is like slightly you know like devious or distorted and whatnot um and i i really like that sort of like combo because um you know, it kind of puts, it kind of puts like a little bit of realism in, in something that is like, basically just, you know, hyper real. And uh, yeah, you know, like, that's kind of like, how I kind of have been making a lot of like AI art in particular with that sort of ethos, like, kind of creating, creating mistakes in something that's supposed to be, you know, perfect and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I've just, yeah, I've just been like exploring that a lot. I've you know, been really enjoying combining that with other art styles and and just figuring out how you know you can use this new technology and this new sort of I guess you would say like medium to to make things and, and everything so yeah. you know like yeah and and one thing that I really saw that was like missing too was just that <laughs> all the AI art that I was looking at it was just like not very diverse so I just <laughs> thought it would be cool <laughs> yeah I just thought it'd be cool to just like you know put like people that might look like me or like my mom or my dad or whatever and you know cousins etc cetera, etc cetera, and just kind of like using their likeness in in my photos so um you know I use this feature called like blending where I'll like take like a photo of like my mom or a friend and whatnot and then try to like blend it into the art that I'm making and, uh, you know, I think that's really, I think that's, at least for me, I think that's really cool because it's kind of like, you know, most people are just like, yo, who are these people? Like, we're like these, a like, who are these like AI faces? Like, is this somebody in the world? And half the time, like, it's, you know, like someone I actually know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know, to make it short, like, yeah, I, I really love the idea of like, you know, AI art, regardless of like, all the controversy around it, because yeah. Uh, you know, when I started making uh like 
digital art, you know, years ago and just experimenting with that. Um, people said the same thing. People were just like, oh my God, like digital artists in 2012, like they're taking, you know, 3D scanned objects and putting it into their art pieces. Oh my God. Or, you know, they're sampling, you know, like they're sampling uh, sculptures in the museum and putting them in their artwork and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like people cancel like anything new instead of like actually exploring it and trying to make it better. So, you know, I do agree that like, uh, you know, like if there's an AI model that's being like trained on, you know, like other and another artist's style, like let's say like, you know, like, I don't know, like Picasso or something like they're you're making art using Picasso style. Like, I think that, you know, every artist should have the the right to, uh, you know, opt out their artwork from those those models and everything. But I don't think that, you know, AI art in general should just be like, you know, banned or whatever. Um, I just think that, you know, people should have the autonomy to create their own models using, you know, their own work or at least, you know, being able to just do it in an ethical way. Um, but yeah, the, I, to make it short, like, uh, there's just so many ways to make AI art. And I feel like people having sort of like the, I don't know the word for it, like such big reactions to, to everything is is sometimes overblown and people should, you know, explore things more before they kind of like dismiss it because it ends up usually just being the the norm like a few years later. So, yeah. I know that there's a a huge uproar right now about some of these AI programs taking jobs away from people. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't, I hope that that wouldn't happen. I'm really, I'm on your side. I'm super excited about the future of AI. I think that uh, for the art world in particular, it's going to give more artists like yourself or people, emerging artists, opportunities to uh, paint different things and show off different forms of art. Um, or people that are thinking about or want to get involved but don't know how to, uh, you know, necessarily paint or whatever have you or use whatever medium, it'll give them a chance to kind of explore and make their own version of art. So I think it could really open it up uh, a wider conversation about, you know, what is art, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. What is art? How are people kind of throwing their own spin on it? Um, same thing exactly. for music. You know, I just yeah. I just did an interview with um, an artist named Jamie Silk, and he's mm -hmm. getting ready to release an album with AI-generated lyrics. Mm -hmm. So wow. he pretty much like took the voices of Kendrick Lamar. Uh, he's got a Tupac sample in there, and he was able to use their voices to make lyrics for his album. And I think that's kind of cool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, so that's... That's really interesting. Like, uh, you know, I would actually say that that is like probably something that people will get mad at, but I yeah. feel like, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's really cool though. Like I'm, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. I think that's like experimental and, and interesting. And, and yeah, like, um, I think you said it perfectly, you know, like, uh, you know, art can be any medium art can be, you know, it can be a million things, you know, so I, I, as long as people have, you know, like meaning and purpose in what they're doing mm -hmm. and it's not like, you know, like hurting or harming anyone, I, you know, I think it should, I think it's worth to, 
you know, check things out first um, before like, you know, all over canceling it. But, but yeah, shout out to that person. I'm excited to see what they, what they cook up and everything. That sounds very cool. Heck yeah. It's going to come out uh, on the 25th, if I'm not mistaken. So um, he's going to send me the demos and I'll, I'll send it to you so you can have it as well. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you all day. This is such a great conversation. Um, but what, what do you, what do you got planned for this year? I'm sure that your schedule is already loaded up with so much for felt zine and your own personal projects as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're definitely super excited to, um, continue dropping, you know, collections. Like, uh, we kind of like to think of ourselves as almost like a, like a, a Supreme for internet art culture or, uh, or like, you know, sort of like that, like a, uh, internet art collective that does continuous drops with different you know artists and everything so we're we're still going to do that but we're definitely focusing on creating experiences around each collection so you know if we drop a new collection of artwork we want to be able to drop like an art book that comes along with it we want to be able to have an art exhibition that goes along with it we want to create a video game that's based on it so those are the you know like some of the core things that we're working on this year where, um, you know, our upcoming uh, art drops that we're going to have, um, we probably drop one like every month. Um, we'll actually start having actual video games that we've, you know, designed. So um, Mark, who um, is like working on um, a video game right now for us, um, is it's the, the next video game we drop is going to be like this horror inspired video game that's based on two of our collections. So as people are playing the video game, there will be like actual elements of art projects that we've done in the past that are present in the game, whether it's characters or, um, you know, uh, um, characters or even like different environments and rooms in the game, you'll you'll kind of like be able to experience your, your art pieces or ones that you've seen in, in a new way. So, um, so yeah, like video games, more like IRL experiences, um, more art. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and just like, you know, continuing to explore and experiment. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And I can't wait for the parties, the events. It's going to be so much fun. Um, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for coming and just telling me all about what you do. And I really can't wait to see how uh, Felt Zine and the whole movement grows this year. I'm really happy. I don't know what's going to happen in 2023, but I am very <laughs> optimistic about it all. <laughs> <laughs> same, same here. Yeah, this was awesome, man. Well, um, yeah, when when is the next event, by, by the way? I want to make sure I come out and support. Oh, thanks. Um, We're going to have like, two i think so we're gonna have like a different one kind of like in midtown that's going to be like an art gallery type of vibe like a secret art gallery a lit um <laughs> a friend created one and uh we'll do something there so like uh mid-february and then uh yeah and then we're, we'll try to figure out something for like march and stuff but but yeah i'm having the like east asia fomo like i i really love doing a show in tokyo because things are like a lot easier there I feel like like I don't know I just I love doing shows there it was very it was a very cool experience so I want to do more heck yeah how was well how was the trip overall was it did you get a chance to do some sightseeing as well yeah yeah um I didn't get to go like everywhere I wanted but that was okay because I that place is so big that like I, I was fine just staying in one 
one like block sometimes but um yeah like I got to do so much eat so much different like food meet like a bunch of really cool people um nice people and um oh man yeah I went everywhere I went to like Shibuya I was in Shibuya a lot I was in uh Naka Meguro which is like near like a river in the city or a stream and um I went to Shimokitazawa, which is like a really cool vintage shopping neighborhood. That's where we had our show too. Um, yeah. And the only things I didn't get to do were like some of the things you actually mentioned to me because we had already like, we had, we had like so much to do and we were just like, it was just only so much time in the day. We had to sleep a lot just, to, you know, to stay, stay healthy and active. And then, um, Yeah. And then I didn't get to go to an onsen or whatever, like a, a spa or whatever. But, you know, because I, I heard those were really cool. But I have I have tattoos and my partner has tattoos. So we could we had to find one that like, well, we still have to find one that will accept people that that have one or two tattoos or whatever. So, Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I absolutely love Tokyo when I went and I can't wait to go back. Um, I feel like I honestly, again, like you said, I, had, I didn't get a chance to do all the things that I had planned, you know, but I can't wait to go back for sure. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah let me know if you ever go and like i'll i'll probably try to plan around it i'll, I'll tell all my friends like yo like yo like, like let's, let's do something because yeah that place is really cool especially if you have like friends there too it's it's like yeah really cool We're coming out of the interview between me and Dev Moore of Felt Seen, such a gem and really looking forward to seeing what the community does this year. If you do not follow Felt Seen, I suggest you do. They are at Felt Seen on Instagram. That's at F-E-L-T-Z-I-N-E -E on Instagram and all of their associated channels. Um, you're going to have a damn good time when you go to a felt scene party plain and simple so <laughs> go enjoy yourself and just check out their art experience as well uh incredible things being showcased all the time so really happy to be a part of it and hope you get a chance to be a part of it as well well that's it for this episode join me back here the week after next for another audio goodie until next time <laughs>